0: the top pour your cold one sit down nestle up next to the computer Uh, it's kayak Fishing radio time i'm chip gibson tree ugger and it's thursday night we're talking buzzards row got uh chris johnson in the chat room from pensacola he says uh kings mahi sharks even seen some nice groupers and aj's that's a great start for the evening joining me here in the studio tonight man i gotta get you some kind of we need some kind of sailor thing or something like that, you know, because you're you're part of the Department of the Navy, so, but anyways, um, no, we won't do that. Sean Wagner joining me here. I don't know if I'd go studio. that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Sean? Hey, Chip, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. I'm doing a heck of a lot better than I was last week, man. Got down in the with some infection in the side of my head, and, oh, my gosh, man, it was just tough. And I appreciate you standing in, you and Dee the first night there and do, kicking off the ICAST thing, and then the next week picking up the slack for me. I really appreciate you doing that, buddy.
1: Yeah, no problem. Got to thank uh, Jim and Matt Trucks there for uh, for calling in the, that second week and, uh, and bailing me out and saving me.
0: <laughs> you can put all kinds of things on a legal pad when you sit down in front of the computer and the, the music goes and all, you can talk right through all of it. You think, Oh man, I got enough here to talk for 45 minutes and you can get through it in like five minutes if you're not paying attention. So anyways, Chris Johnson, like I said, joined us in the chat room. He's uh part of the Pensacola. How I think they call themselves the Emerald coast. How, but, uh, Chris is, uh, he was manning the grill over there, uh, at the end of the boondoggle down by the, uh, the far end there. Good to see Chris, and, uh, he says he's, he's ready to go fishing, so. I know I am, too. It's been a while since I've wet a line, and I would, uh, definitely like to get back on the water, so. Um, we got, uh.
1: Hey, Chip, I just brought the, I just brought,
0: uh. Yeah, in. Matt, Chip, how are you, What's
2: bud? Going? What's going on?
0: I'm back. I'm alive.
2: Yeah, welcome back. You took oh. a little vacation there, huh? Two weeks.
0: No, no vacation, dude. I was sick as a dog, man.
2: Yeah, I heard. Was, sorry. To yeah, hear that. I'm so glad glad you're, glad to hear you're better, though. That's good.
0: Doing, I'm doing much better. So, the news of my demise is highly overrated and exaggerated. So. I'm back in back in business and uh we're having a good time. I think that we have here would that be the man, the machine?
3: In in the Civassier moment.
0: In the Cuvassier moment, yeah. I mean Sean comes Absolutely. on and saying he just poured himself a glass of wine. You're coming in with a little covassier. Getting just in the right mood it in here. My hand. There you around. go, <laughs> the ladies' man. All right. So <laughs> I got my own sound effects over here. Got <laughs> your own sound effects? Sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> A little pop in the top there and stuff.
2: Yeah. Cool. I don't often get on kayak fishing
1: radio, but when I do, but
0: when I, I drink do, I'm drinking my Yeah, I like that, man. So very nice. So, uh. Man, it seems like it's been forever since we've uh, had a chance to chat. What's going on? What's, uh, are, is anybody catching any fish?
1: What's fish? What's this fish of which you speak? <laughs>
0: I guess Chris down in Pensacola the only one that's talking any fish, man. <laughs> He's like grouper, AJ's, mahi, sharks. Holy cow, I need to get to Pensacola. Nice, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I was just looking at. The uh the radar down there in uh, your neck of the woods, guys, is like uh you guys are covered up, man. You've been having wave after wave of uh precip coming across the pan or uh the boot down there. Seems like they're nice cold fronts here that give us a sixty eight degree morning in the ATL. By the time they get down to you guys they're cracking thunderstorms.
1: Oh, we're getting some nice cool fronts through. I mean, it's been it's been down in like the low 80s a couple of times here. Ooh, yeah,
0: low my 80s. <laughs> yeah, what a, about a, you, Matt? All that moisture and afternoon heating. Matt, didn't you guys do a uh, a tournament here in the past week, a couple weeks?
2: Yeah, that was three weeks ago. <laughs> my <laughs> oh, my how yeah, yeah. where really? were you been?
0: I know, right? <laughs> so give us a report, man. How did it turn out?
2: Oh, it was good. We had a pretty good turnout. It's it's always been a small tournament, but um, we had 30 registered anglers. Um, it was uh, pretty good. The fishing was decent. The weather was great, and um, the the biggest flounder was 28 inches in the kayak division. So that's pretty good. That's a nice that's a nice size. Wow. Flounder.
0: That's really nice.
2: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and how many? Raising how awareness many...
2: for how and raising funds.
0: Uh-huh. It was a good time. How many anglers did you have?
2: We had 30. First prize okay. was a $200 gift card for the uh, the local kayak shop down in the area there. Uh-huh. And it was a Jackson Kayak Cuda 14. Nice. Wow. Nice. That guy went home happy. Very, very happy. i bet. I got an email from him the other day. He's like, I love that Cuda 14.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was mine. I will take it and love it and squeeze it and all that good stuff, right? And, and, and dude, I see the the Krakens are starting to roll off the line too. Matt is our resident Jackson uh, aficionado and pro staffer.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited about that boat. I might wait to uh, order one myself till next year, since we have a short season up here. It's just
0: uh-huh.
2: honestly, it's just another boat I have to store. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: You got to. Yeah. Uh, I might the rest of this I year
2: out could. with the Cuda, and uh, oh, I could store pick it for you right around Just, uh... March. <laughs> I
0: think I think Sean's offering his backyard to store your boats during the winter, man. Oh uh,
2: yeah, indoor storage. <laughs> indoor storage, indoor storage. Oh, there we go. I'll take good care of it.
0: <laughs>
2: I do like to put the first scratch on it, though. Yeah. After After that, it's 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 all game. we <laughs> uh, will do that
0: in shipping. Yeah. It's <laughs> possible. You get it down oh, you got here enough room
1: in you... the motor to store that stuff right,
0: yeah so you get it, you get it down here, man, as soon as you get it out, the oyster bars take care of uh, any kind of shininess and all that extra stuff, man, the little oh, oyster wrench. Yeah. Ra- hook you right up, man so. yeah, yeah Chris even offered to keep it down there, so in picola, so. But that's cool, man. Hal's doing some big things, man. You guys you guys had like a kind of a little event the other night, right, and uh, getting things warmed up. I mean, uh, Sean, your your chapter, brand-new chapter down there in South Florida is really ramping up.
1: Yeah, we're on target. We've got our next event, uh, the 23rd, August 23rd, at Tradewinds Park uh, in Broward County there in Fort Lauderdale. Right now we are on track to put – um, probably between fifteen and seventeen vets on the water uh, we've got one or two coming in with their own equipment, but the other fifteen we're, you know we're going to be supplying and, and taking out uh, fishing for the day so we're we're really excited
0: and, and you guys are a new you're a new chapter. I mean, how many events have you had already?
1: um we've done one. this will be our our second one, our first event. Uh, we wanted to keep really small. We ideally only wanted to have like one or two vets on the water, just, you know, kind of very personal kind of crawl, walk, run, if you will. And we we ended up with three, which was fine. had a, you know, really good day. Um, You know, a lot of lessons learned, kind of did a whole post-mortem as far as the leadership team and what we need to do better next time. And South Florida is just such a big community, and we've got a lot of vets down here. Uh, you know, we've got Southern Command in our backyard, and lots of big Coast Guard stations, and you know, so we've just—it's a—it's a big, big community. And we've—we've we've done a couple of events, you know, where we've like Veterans Appreciation Days, things like that, where we've gone out and put a little booth up and talked about how. And you know, we've got a, you know, a list of probably close to about 150 vets that you know are interested in going out fishing with us. So,
0: very yeah. cool.
2: Nice tip. Yeah, yeah, that gear. was our problem with the New Jersey chapter when we first started. We had a we had a lot of problems actually finding vets. So that's the good thing. I mean, National's gonna step it up and they're they're gonna help us with that big time. And you know, once you get established and, and the word gets out there, you you're gonna have too many vets and <laughs> one event wanting to be there, you know? But that that's not a bad thing. It's just that's that's the way it happens. Yeah, Yeah, what we did is we we figured out,
1: you know, how many vets could we support this event? You know, we still don't own chapter equipment yet. You know, we want to get through another event or two, you know, kind of prove ourselves before we think about buying anything. You know, kind of put together a a big borrow and steal list of, you know, 15 kayaks, paddles, PFDs, fishing gear, etc. You know, just given the size of that, I mean, even managing, you know, that many with the list that we had, We had to go out to a a registration website that a lot of the other chapters, and I think you guys are probably using as well, you know, Eventbrite there, and, you know, set it up that way and, you know, create the event and send out the invites is where we can manage the participation list, create a wait list, and, you know, manage it that way. I mean, right now we're, you know, we'll, you know, put on the water who we can. Um, You know, if someone can't make it, let's get somebody else in that slot. But, uh, you know, definitely can't have 40 people showing up for 15 kayaks.
2: So, uh. Right, yeah. It, that was the other thing was we had too many volunteers showing up and that sort of thing. The <laughs> Eventbrite really cleared that up since we started using that in, this year. And, um, yeah, that's, it's a great system, that, that Eventbrite. I, I, I can't say enough about it, I mean, how great it is. And, uh, yeah, i gotta, I got to give a big shout-out to uh, Dennis Reineck. He's um, one of our leadership team. He found that whole system. He learned how to use it. He nailed it down for how events. And the thing's been great, and it's and it's spreading like wildfire to other chapters.
0: Awesome! And for those of you listening to the podcast, or you're listening in, uh, I know there's a guest in the in the chat room and all. But uh, heroes on the water, heroes on the dot org. It's an organization built to uh, get uh, uh, veterans out on the water and. Uh, with a, with a bunch of great kayak fishermen, kayak anglers. Maybe not to fish, but the guys get out on the water. They enjoy a great day. Uh, go to heroesonthewater.org Wa- Heroes and find your local chapter. And uh, if you're into something very rewarding, it's a great opportunity to uh, give back a little bit. And I know myself, uh, Sean, I'm uh, Marine Corps, Sean's Navy, Greg has uh, been in the Red Cross, he's been in public service, EMT, uh, Leo, Matt, dude, he just does it out of the goodness of his heart, just, he can't fish all year round, so he's got to have something else to put on his plate, so, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, check that out, org. it's uh, great, Jim and uh, Sally Dolan over there, Jim, now that he's retired, man, he's probably giving you guys all kinds of stuff to do, lots of goals and all that other stuff, too, so.
2: Yeah, how National well, had really a big meeting last night and um and yeah, they're they're really uh National's really stepping it up with um different types of fundraising ideas and and um their projection for the next five years is two hundred fifty chapters and to serve over hundred thousand veterans.
0: Awesome. You had something, John?
2: No, I was I was pretty much gonna say the same thing. I mean
1: right now they are just really absolutely stepping up the game between you know, the, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the the fundraising, the, you know, the professionalism and how they're doing it. I mean, they're really, really taking this organization to a completely different level. And it's just exciting, you know, uh, to be a part of it. Like you said, you know, being military myself, but we've got a lot of people and volunteers who are, you know, they have no military background, but they get it. They're, they're just absolutely passionate, passionate individuals that, you know, want to come out and help and, it's just a fantastic group.
0: Yeah. And guys like Chris there down in Pensacola, the Emerald coast club, uh, the guys over in Jacksonville, the guys up there in, uh, Jersey and Virginia beach. I mean, I I know quite a few people from different chapters and they're all just a great bunch of folks. And then when you get out on the water too, it just happens to be a great time and it's really, really rewarding. So check that out. And, uh, Make sure, and I know I've talked to Jim a couple of times, you know, we just got our things at uh, work for the uh, Combined Federal Campaign, and I'm like, Jim, where's your number, man? How come I can't find you in here? So they're making sure that that's... Oh, no, we're, we, we're, yeah,
1: we're in there.
0: Yeah, in there this year. You that
1: number if you need it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, so, but uh, that's very cool. So, um. anyways, moving along, the... Uh, Man, I'm just just updated the uh the color infrared loop there in South Florida or in Florida, man, and it is just blowing up. I mean from from Matt Lachey all the way up to uh to uh, Jacksonville. Looks like the panhandle is about the only thing that's not getting wet right now. Uh, you guys have got some serious uh some serious weather over you. You're in the 100% humidity range, right? <laughs>
1: You sure you're not uh, hanging out in Orlando or anything, are you?
0: No, not me, man. I'm not there. It's not me. Can't prove it. Anyways. So Did you um, say the F oh, word at that point
1: during the day? No, or? I did
0: not. I did not. I didn't say the F word, man. I give no F bombs. So right. <laughs> Chris says the first night it's been clear there, so um but anyways, um and I wanna like again I wanna point out that uh Sean was uh the uh the official kayak fishing radio representative at ICAST this year and Greg was there with the Yak Angler crew and also did a little bit of uh spooky work for us uh on the kayak fishing radio side and um, I know that uh you over the last couple of weeks Sean has brought he's brought in some uh some uh interviews that they that he did there and you saved a couple man that uh Greg, I know you talked to one, it was about electronics for kayaks and stuff. Sean, why don't you tell us what what you got for us tonight?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that, um, you know, Greg and I, when we ran into each other there at ICAST, talked about was some of the the new electronics companies, and specifically the portable electronic fish finder sonar type companies, and there was three of them present at ICAST. So you had a company, iBobber, then you had Fish Hunter, and then Deeper. Um, I got a chance to get by iBobber and Fish Hunter and speak to both of them, uh, get interviews, and I know Greg got a chance to get by and talk to the folks over at Deeper and, you know, both of us were pretty excited about some of the the new technology and the products that were coming out, so uh, over the last couple of weeks, I played all the kayak interviews and all the other gear companies and stuff, but I really wanted to try to hold off on, on these other ones until you know, Greg and I could both be on the show at the same time and Kind of talk about all three, you know, just kind of, you know, our thoughts, what we see, and kind of, kind of go from there.
0: Okay, so tell us what, what did you see down there, Greg?
1: I had the opportunity to talk to uh, some fellows from uh way over on the other side of the ocean that have a company called Deeper. Their product is a smarter fish finder, and they, they're basic concept of operations is similar to the other two, or at least my understanding of the other two, is that uh, they have, uh, their technology is a separate sonar head that can have, uh, you know, the sonar transducer transmitter head that does not have an attached screen. And the way it works is it'll send the signal back to your smart device, your tablet, your iPhone, your Android uh, device. Um, they'll work similarly. Um, I know that, uh, a deeper uh, at least uses Bluetooth technology, as I, I believe at least one of the others uses uh, Wi-Fi, which tends to use a little bit more power. Um, the two methods of uh, operation that I discussed were, and that, that they seem to be promoting were either um, you know, a cast and retrieve where you hook this uh, baseball or softball or a little bit smaller sized object on the end of a line and cast it over the area you want to, uh, you want to view, and then retrieve it back slowly through the area. It'll send you back pictures of a remote area. The other way uh, to do it was a amount of some type that put it over the side as a transducer off your boat. Um, generally speaking, and this is something that um, Sean and I actually talked about during uh, during ICAST, was there, there are two trends. There seem to be divergent trends in the... Uh, in the way people in the kayak industry, uh, fishermen, are employing technology. They're either going whole hog, and you'll see seven, or in some cases, nine-inch LCD or TFT displays, uh, you know, with uh, GPS, sonar, multi-view, bottom, you know, this button gets up in the morning and makes coffee before you get there type of setups where, uh, where the entire boat is sometimes wired for sound. And then there are folks who really don't want to get into that. They're looking at the minimalist approach. And one of the things we thought that all three of these companies had in common was an application where since so many people are using their smartphones or their iPhones as cameras now, they're carrying these devices anyway um, for, the, for the amount of time that they might actually want to use uh, a, a bottom machine to, to view structure or depth or whatever else. But this might be a good solution for the more minimalist approach to outfitting your kayak with electronics. Um, what were your thoughts, Sean? Um, You know, likewise, Um, the fact that these are, you know, portable, they don't require being wired in, In invariably people are bringing their, you know, typically their phones at a minimum with them anyway and sticking them in some sort of, you know, waterproof case and, you know, so having that app and having the connectivity back to the device without having the wires, the battery and all the rest of that, that goes on. Because you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, typically you're only looking for information on the bottom when you're either evaluating a site or you're on site and you're just trying to, you know, exactly kind of get on location where you want to fish. You know, when you're just paddling out or paddling back in, you know, a mile or, you know, a couple of mile difference, you know, you don't need to be tracking the bottom the entire time. Um, You know, and I know the two that I looked at, both iBobber and Fish Hunter, both, both to use, you know, Bluetooth. Um, you know, Fish Hunter has their application available on either, you know, an Android, Android or iOS device. Um, iBobber only has the iPhone or iPad app today. I think they're, they're looking to release a, an Android app, but they're not there yet. So... You know, the... The difference is they've all got slightly different resolution in how they present the information back on the screen. Um, you know, some tend to be more in line with what you might see on a, on a depth finder. You know, with that kind of you know the visualization on the bottom, where you know the eye application tends to have a certain set of animation and it just presents that uh, in a little different structure. So you don't actually see the you know, that, that, that pulse image that you typically would uh, with a depth finder or, you know, you might with fish hunter. But um, and I haven't seen what, what Deeper's image looks like and how they, how they do the imaging on screen.
2: Are you, um, when you say about the imaging, um, it, is it kind of like how the uh, hummingbirds are? If you have that certain setting on, it's like big fish, little fish, that kind of thing?
1: No, more in the bottom. Um, you you know, your typical, you know, uh, depth finder that you might use, like a, you know, Lawrence or a Humminbird or one of those, you know, you don't get a, a super clear image of the bottom. I mean, even with some of the down imaging, it's still a little grainy, you know, kind of as you're paddling along, it's, you know, just that bottom image is not super clear. And, you know, the fish hunter gives you that exact same imaging that you would expect on, you know, uh, you know, a portable depth finder that you might have on a boat or a kayak, where you know the EyeBobber takes the information, kind of processes it, and gives you a display of the bottom that's more animated than the true image, if you will, based on the sonar. Understood. And the deeper, the deeper product is the same way uh, as the not as the EyeBobber, but it's more of the actual unprocessed return. Much more like you would expect to see on, uh, you know, on a display screen as opposed to an animated image or a flasher. Yeah. So it sounds like the, you know, the fish hunter and the deeper are probably similar in that. Um, now the one nice thing with iBobber is that they do have, you know, a fair amount of intelligence I think built into, you know, identifying the fish and how they present it, you know, and, and on the screen. So it's a little, little easier to see that way.
0: Did you have a clip from an interview from any of these guys? or?
1: Uh, we did. We've got uh, two clips. Um, it, the first one was uh, was eye bobber there, if you want. I can go ahead and play that.
0: Sure, go ahead. Let's, let's hear what he had to say. All right.
3: Hey, I'm Jim Cardillo, and uh, I'm an avid fisherman. So let me tell you about uh, the eye bobber. First of all, it's a sonar fish finder. Sonar meaning that it can tell you the depth, and our depth uh, capabilities of this particular device is up to 135 feet. In terms of sonar, it can identify fish, and we can differentiate two different sizes of fish. Anything under 15 inches has a red tag on on your view, and anything over 15 inches has a green tag, so you automatically know that. A lot of unique things, because it's Bluetooth smart, which is the latest version of Bluetooth, It has the capabilities of being, number one, using low energy consumption, a charge for this will last up to eight hours, and Bluetooth smart will allow you to have continued connection between you and the the device and your smart device. Um, It does so many other things as well. First thing that it can do is uh, actually waterbed mapping. What's waterbed mapping? wherever you cast it, let's say 100 feet away, as you reel in on your eye, the smart device, it'll actually show you the contour in real time exactly what the bottom of that particular body of water, the distance from your cast of where the eye bobber is to where you're standing. It'll map that for you so it'll show you exactly what the contours are that will help you determine what lure you want to use. Other things that it does, it'll tell you the water temperature. It will also tell you the battery life of that device. It will also light up at night if you want to use it uh, to indicate where you're fishing so you can cast around it, turn the light on. You can control all of that from your smart device. The other issue is that um, it has a trip log. You can open up your smart uh, phone and go uh, to the uh, fishing log, and it will tell you, ask you what kind of fish did you, what were the conditions, were they calm? Uh, the type of fish, the type of lure, how many you caught. That information as well as the GPS coordinates of where that eye bobber was where you were fishing can all be uploaded and also be uh, transcended to your people through uh, any of the social medias. You can uh, use uh, Facebook or uh, tweet it to people that aren't fishing with you and show them what you've done and what you've caught. So it's a really great, great device. $100, $99.99, hundred dollars, ninety-nine, ninety-nine, and um, it's very small. It's very castable. There are others on the market that are much more larger and bulkier and much more expensive. So it's a great device.
1: So when you talk about the the floor mapping, is is that just real time showing you, it's, or will it actually go back and, and piece it
3: together and kind of show you? Actually, will show you real time. When you go into the uh, waterbed mapping mode, you push a button, and it'll say it'll count down on your phone. Three, two. One cast. Now it set itself. It's ready. You cast out where you want to be. You begin to reel it in, and when you're reeling it in, you press the stop button. Real time on your phone is the, is that contour of the bottle. Will
1: It create a, a final picture. It's a composite of image. Okay, so that's what I was, yeah that's what I was yeah. To get well, a, sorry. So it that composite image at composite. the end. Okay. Yeah, yes, right. Yes, Calculate yes, the yes. distance travel. Okay. And, so I know we're
3: talking about casting it, but is this also something that you could just simply clip to the side of your kayak and, and clip to the side of your kayak? It's right. live all the time, acts as a transponder or transducer, if you will. Right. Not a problem whatsoever. Okay. And, um, and uh, it comes, clearly, it works with an iPhone and an iPad. Um, right. Android, platform? and we're working on Android capabilities, and in okay. about two months, that'll be available. Okay. An interesting part too is it'll. Uh, you can set it for uh, a metric or imperial measurements you can uh, have various languages as well if you want it uh, uh, in Japanese so all the text is in uh, Japan whatever however you want to do it it's in English or whatever uh, Alex just returned from Russia he he actually typed in Russia so on his phone all the information is on in Russia so uh, it's very flexible in that respect yeah and, and you know it's a nice device it's only
1: you know two three inches in diameter nice and small lightweight um, you know, I think the appealing thing here is that it doesn't require a big battery and electronics on board the kayak. You can just
3: do this and, and Bluetooth to your device. Correct. The cradle for charging uh, is very small, and once you set it in that cradle, uh, and, and it'll have a full charge that'll last eight, eight hours and uh, USB, okay. so uh, eight hours of fishing uninterrupted, Bluetooth connection consistent and constant. And uh, it's a great device. It really, really very much is. We're very uh, proud of it. If you were to use it as a truly as a bobber where it floats connected to your line and you want to have a hook with a worm on it descending into the water from the bottom of the eye bobber, you can set the alarm so that when the eye bobber moves, the alarm goes off on your uh, smart device. So you're really uh, hands-free. It, it tells you it does an awful lot for you. And, like I said, you can light it up, too, as well. So it has a fish alarm. Your smart device has an alarm when fish appear on that uh, screen. You don't have to be constantly watching that screen. You'll get a signal, an audio, audible signal, so you're not fixed to that screen. And um, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, and for our listeners, what's, uh, what's your website? Where can they uh, get it's more information? Real
3: sonar, R-E-E-L, sonar.com. All the uh, uh, information is on it, as well as ordering and purchasing and all of the things that I said and even more are demonstrated on that website. All right. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much.
0: Cool. And that was like, you know, got the real feeling. We're there on the ground at ICAST. For those of you who listen to the uh, podcast, ICAST is the international trade show for uh, international sport fishing trade show and uh actually from what i understand next year's going to be back in Orlando again. I think they convinced them to keep it in Orlando. So um well, it's looking like Yeah, so cool. Uh joining us yeah, now. Yeah, it
2: makes sense. Why would you have a uh, a fishing expo in the middle of the desert?
0: <laughs> uh, because yeah. <laughs> well, some people like to go to Vegas, right? Um but uh <laughs> no, I, during that during that clip uh joining us here in the uh in the studio is Mr. It's the bearded one. Hey Chuck, how are you, man? How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm here. News of my demise was greatly exaggerated. Kayak Fishing Radio is still on the air. You guys have been keeping it going though, man. Monday nights, Chuck, Peppy, Alan, you guys have been having a good time over there. So yeah. what? What do what do we owe this visit, man? Uh, it's raining enough. outside, and you got nothing else to do.
4: <laughs> actually, yeah, no, it's not raining here at all. It's actually really nice, and uh, um, no, I just figured figured I haven't called in in a while, and call and shoot the crap with the guys, and see how everybody's doing. Is yeah, he called
1: it. in and give away some. He called in give away some uh, Yeti Ramblers. That's why it's here.
0: Is that it? <laughs> Actually, yeah, he just no. posted a bunch of pictures of some like really sexy looking plastics. I need. I need some of those. Yeah, those shrimps.
4: are the. Uh, yeah, it's the Monster 3X stuff. Yeah, it's new new stuff that uh, just came out, and the uh, company itself is. I guess looking for us to maybe carry it at the shop and maybe were kind enough to send me some freebies to play with and we'll see how so that
0: goes. I got to see if they'll catch fish, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of
4: one of the nice things about now being an owner of an outfitter store is <laughs> before, every now and again, I get a care package from somebody just because they wanted me to try it, maybe talk about it on the show or whatever. Now people want me to carry their products and I'm like, well, you need to send me some. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Usually what I do with the, yeah. Usually what I do, honestly, is I just hand it out to customers. I'm like, here, go take this, go play with it, let me know how it works out. So truth be told, I don't get much time to fish anymore.
0: Chuck doesn't fish anymore, man. He's He's too busy doing celebrity spots where he's pouring ice water over himself or standing out in front shaking hands and kissing little babies and stuff out there in front of Katie. Right? I thought I saw
2: him walking the red carpet last week over there with all the
0: stars. Is that what it was? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah no. Um,
4: I've got, actually, the kids go back to school this next week, and uh, I'll be stoked because the following week, both of them will be in school on Mondays um, from there on. So And I'm off on Mondays. We have a shop closed on Mondays, so Mondays, I'll drop the boys off, go fishing until they need to pick them up. So, get back at it again.
0: Oh. You said it too soon, man. I know that you're going to get a honey-do list now for Mondays.
4: Uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> 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 I can get a honey-do list, but it ain't going yeah. to. It won't get taken care of on a Monday. I promise okay. you. that.
0: So, so, Chuck, when you called in, we were, we were talking. Uh, Sean was... Uh, was there at Icast. I think you saw him there. You were there. Greg yeah. was there. Yeah. And uh tonight we were talking about some new electronics that we saw, that they saw there. They just uh he just played a clip from an interview he did with the folks from Real Sonar with the i-bobber. And what was the other clip that we had uh Sean?
1: The other one is uh the Fish Hunter.
0: Fish Hunter. Is that not Chuck? Yeah fish
1: Well, I don't know. There might be some copyright infringement going on there.
0: But, might be uh, there, yeah. Hmm. So, what, yeah, what... so
1: the, the, uh, one of the things with the fish hunter that's a little different than the eye bobber is that the fish hunter, like, like all of them, the deeper fish hunter eye bobber, they're all small, round, you know, little round devices that, that sit out there and float that you can secure a line to. But the, the fish hunter is, you know, got a nice rubber case that goes over it that you know can protect it yeah so it definitely seems a little more a little more durable if you will
0: Uh uh-huh what did they have to say about their product let's hear that well you got that well let's uh let's find out here we go hi
5: it's mike smith i'm with uh, fish hunter thanks for dropping by today uh what we're talking about today is actually a new product came out in january which is a bluetooth smartphone fish finder So, you basically pair it with your smartphone or tablet, that's an iOS or Android device, and then this is completely portable and you can throw it in the water and it acts like what you would normally have as a traditional fish finder. So in the bottom of this baseball-sized unit is a transducer uh, sonar, which you'd find in one of the more expensive products that you'd be known of by the hummingbirds of the world, and um, has a lithium-ion battery in it and a Bluetooth antenna in the top. And we have a fishing app that comes with this particular piece of hardware and allows you to connect with this. And when you're in your canoe or kayak, you uh, tether a fishing line to the side of this, and you can throw it up to 80 feet away from the boat as the Bluetooth range. And it'll give you information up to 100 feet of depth below the water. So what it's basically doing, like a traditional fish finder, is it's giving you the bottom contour, and then it's telling you between the bottom and the top if there's any fish there and what the approximate size of those fish would be. And all of that doesn't need a cell phone power connection or anything like that. It's completely portable and works, as I said, over Bluetooth. And so that's what we have. This one's um, uh, military-grade, as we classify it. And so what that means is there's no visible holes in the outer casing at all, so there's no way that it can leak. It charges uh, via USB, and you put it on a charging base, so that, again, you don't have to connect anything to it. And um, it has a, a rubberized skin on the exterior that allows you, if you were going to toss an area you're not familiar with, if there was rocks or debris in the water or anything that maybe was just beneath the surface, if it bounces off anything, it's not actually going to break. And I might have mentioned, it, but it's good for about eight hours of regular use if you're on um, regular water, if you're not ice fishing, six hours if you're using it in the ice fishing environment. In the colder weather, okay. Yeah, the battery's a little bit less efficient in that type of environment, sure. yeah.
1: Uh, salt water tolerant?
5: Yes, it's uh, perfect for salt water. The only thing I tell uh, customers on any type of floating sonar device is that you're always looking at wave height. So as long as your wave height, and I, I, there's kind of a rule of thumb. As long as the wave height is less than 50% of the depth of the water, it works fine. And the way I explain that further is that if you're in 10 feet of water and you have a 7-foot swell, the, the challenge this sonar is going to have is it's moving up and down significantly in the water. So when you're trying to figure out where the bottom is, you know, the scale on, on your phone or your tablet is moving up and down. As You know, it's, it's really hard to tell, you know, how deep it is. But as long as if you're in 30 feet of water or 20 feet of water and you have a 2-foot swell or a 3-foot swell, then you, you're not going to have any trouble um, getting the right depth and measurements.
1: And you said it's Android and um, iOS compatible?
5: Yeah, it works on both phones and uh, tablets on both those platforms, correct.
1: Okay. And what's the uh, retail cost on those?
5: Uh, this one here is $229 online, um, or uh, if you find a retailer. We're just getting started, so we don't have any retailers, so it's okay. just online. But we're already having some good success at the show, so we expect to be in, in three or four retailers in North America um, you know, for the Christmas season. But online at fishhunter.com. Uh, you can buy it, and also sometimes we run packages where you get a free waterproof bag, or you get you can actually buy extra skins with it. This one's orange, but you can get a glow-in-the-dark skin if you like as well for nighttime um, use. Or yeah, for yeah, it actually lights up on the top when you put it in the water, it turns on. Red lights come on, then when it starts sending you information back to your smartphone, it starts flashing. So if you're out there early in the morning or as the dusk approaches, you can generally see this as well um, from those. Uh, and what's the what's the website again? Uh, fishhunter.com. Great,
0: thank you. You're welcome. Nicely done. There we go. It does. It does kind of. Yeah, try that. I, mean, I I it, does look it up. like a juicer. It does look like a juicer, man. Like you take the cap off, you can juice it, and then throw it in the water and figure out where the fish are while you drink your fresh squeezed orange juice. But um, military great. It's a little more expensive than that eye bobber thing. About uh, three times as expensive um what and they have i noticed they had kind of a, a a comparison with the uh the eye bobber there but cool i mean interesting concepts uh you don't need to buy extra stuff i mean if you're you know if you're going to spend 350 bucks on a on a fish finder i don't know It'd be interesting to uh, get a hold of a couple of them and give them a try
2: yeah, another thing that's really cool is coming out at the at the perfect time where we're starting to see um, actual cell phones that are more on the water-resistant side. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you got your screen there, and then you know it used to be, oh, you get a little splash on it, the thing's dead. But now, right? Yeah, it's a, it's getting a little better with, on the uh, the phone side to control everything.
0: Hmm. It'd be interesting well, to you know, better, to play with and see what kind phone. of life you get on their battery. You know how much it. Drains your uh, your phone battery too, you know. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting.
1: I mean, both of these devices have a you know kind of an advertised six to eight hour you know battery life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but of course you got to see if your cell phone's going to last that long while you're out there. The you know uh, Matt was making a comment um, when we were doing the first interview about you know needing a longer you know, run time, and you're not really going to use it the whole time. And I guess what you could do is if you do have a battery on your kayak, you know, whether it's for, you know, power pole or, you know, whatever else, you just have a small, you know, USB port or something, you know, tied to the battery so that you can, you know, bring it in, put it back on charge while you're, you know, getting up to the next location, or if you're just going to, you know, be somewhere and, you know, fish for a little while, just stick it on charge and
0: switch
1: it to go for next time. So
0: option yeah i know i've uh since you know we've done the uh two world champion adventure kayak fishing uh tournaments i have a small it's about the size of a small notebook it's a goal zero solar panel that has a usb plug on it because i know the first time that we went out uh i was using my phone as backup gps you know, I had a, I had a Garmin unit, a handheld Garmin unit, and I was using my phone also because the phone had re, had a better map on it. And uh, using your GPS on your phone just sucked the battery dry in a couple hours. I mean, it it was so. The next time we went out, I had the little Goal Zero thing, and uh, the solar panel worked okay, but the uh, salt water didn't do well with the little battery thing. So. Uh, <laughs> Need to uh, make sure that that stays in a dry box, but the solar panel worked well and it kept uh, kept my phone and my tablet charged up pretty good. So, but uh, definitely need a little solar charger. You need to get one, Chris. Goal zero, and if you're not on Promotive or GovX, get on there. They give you a little better deal. So, but cool. What do you think of these uh, little electronic things, Chuck? You seen any in your shop yet, or what? What do you What do you think about them?
4: They're neat. Um, I'll be honest. Like down here, I, I don't, I don't really see that many guys going that direction. I think it seems that I don't know until until it goes more mainstream. I think it's going to be kind of a very niche kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. M- most folks look at companies like Raymarine, Lorance, Hummingbird, and you know, Tribe and true, been out forever. You know, have have a little bit more
0: things going on with them, I guess, as far as uh, options and whatnot. So, I, that is a new option that on that PA seventeen is a radar tower, right? Actually, the uh, <laughs> yeah, radar tower,
4: and uh, we're going to have cannon deployment as well um, for guys <laughs> to get too close. So, no, but um, you know, I think that once some of these. Uh, smaller items the eye bobber and that kind of thing get out there and people start using them maybe it'll have some kind of a push but for right now i mean i don't think i've ever had anybody walk into either side of the store the kayak shop or my shop and, and ask for any of the newer you know smaller kind of portable products yet but yeah. you know like you say you never know i mean it is a cool concept mm-hmm. i saw the eye bobber in vegas last year and i thought it was pretty neat neat enough to talk to the guy for a while and take pictures of it and everything else and um i'm surprised it hasn't taken off more
0: i think like you say though it's it's one of those things i mean i had one of the earlier versions with with the um um it was a hummingbird unit had a little green kind of bobber thing and you it, it had a swivel on both ends of it. So you could tie one end to your rod and the other end to, you could put a leader on it and tie a hook underneath it. And it was pretty well set up. I mean, it wasn't saltwater tolerant, but for a freshwater pond, you know, if you, it was kind of cool to get out there and throw the bobber out, you know, in the clone, when he was a little guy, he thought it was kind of cool. He could sit there and you could kind of watch the little blob, blobs come up from the bottom. And, you know, then you start seeing the bobber moving around and stuff like that. Um, it, it kind of leaves. There is some. I think there's some room for expansion there because you know you've got a really great GPS and a phone, and 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 actually that's kind of one of the things that I use more than anything. Especially if you're fishing in the flats or you're in the mangrove areas and stuff like that. I mean, I don't. I, I didn't see. I was looking at the eye bobber thing and I got distracted. But looking at kind of like what is the, you know, sonar depth is three feet to 135 feet, and it's a single beam 90 degree. So I mean that is a broad beam. So you're looking at a lot of a lot of stuff there that you're getting feedback on. And at three feet, you know, I don't know what you're going to see uh, in the flash and stuff. The cone I, angle. Yeah? yeah.
1: The cone angle on the on the fish hunter
0: is 16 degrees. is 16? Yeah. The eye bobber here yeah. says single beam 90 degrees. So I mean that's that's a oh, flashlight yeah. man. Um But 16 is a little you know, more. You the other like
4: thing it, too- The other thing, too, for us down here is that most guys that are going to be, you know, adding fish finders that are fishing saltwater, typically fishing off our beaches and are in a much deeper depth than 100 100 foot of water. So that's the other side of it, too, you know. Yeah, you
0: don't have to go half a mile and you're deeper
4: than that. Yeah, down south, yeah. So, I mean, it's really cool, though. I mean, it's, I guess this year, if you want to kind of get my opinion on it, this year, at ICAS was really impressive because there was so much stuff that was catered, electronics-wise, catered to the kayak community as opposed to years prior, which just shows the growth of our sport, you know?
1: Yeah. Now, even the, even the big boys had, you know, the smaller units that are on display where typically, you know, they might have just the, the bigger, you know, boat-based, yacht-based, sport boat, you know, electronics. They definitely had the smaller ones there as well.
0: Very cool. And that was cool, Sean. Nice job with the uh, interviews there and the sound bites are really cool. They worked out really well. Um, so, I don't know. I think there's some open to it. Like I said, I think uh, being able to pair it up with, you know, a GPS and a, like a moving map type thing, I mean, you've got that really on your phone anyways. But then you could put a little bit of uh, bottom contour with it and stuff. I think that, you know it's it's new, uh, it's, it's a it's a it's a resurgence of it. I know that humming like I said, hummingbird had the idea a long time, a while back. Well, I don't know, probably about ten years ago, and uh, and now you're seeing it come out again. And these look a little more sophisticated, and they're at least the at least the military grade one is uh, salt, you know salt water capable. What was the depth on that salt water on the uh, fish hunter? Did he say what that was?
1: Yeah, they're both about 120 feet, 130 feet.
0: Okay, yeah, so, I mean...
1: Fish hunter, fish hunters, 120.
0: 120, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a little, I mean, that wouldn't be too bad, like, you know, right off Panama City and stuff like that. You could find some little reefs there and stuff like that, but uh, actually to get 120 yeah, feet of water, floor. you got to go, go pretty far offshore. <laughs> but, uh... But, uh, you yeah, know, it's a cool concept. And like I said, it's something that, you know, it's a it's a piece that you can add to something that you've already got in your pocket. So it's very cool. Thanks for, uh, for grabbing the, that. The,
1: yeah, no problem. I mean, One of the things that Greg mentioned that yeah, I, pre, I think all three of these have, you know, a conventional, you know, fish finders just showing you what's under, and, you know, there's a scrolling screen. So as you're moving along, it's kind of showing you what you've passed over and kind of, giving you that map where I think all three of these have the feature where you can tie it to a line, cast it, and there's different ranges, you know, whether it's 50, 60 you know, feet or so out, uh, cast it, and then you know, reel it in, and it builds a composite map of what the bottom looks like from where you cast it out. And if you can do that in a couple of different areas, you can get a pretty decent picture of you know, where you're at. So if you're, you know, if you're looking for structure, if you're looking for you know, holes in the bottom, you know, and you're out in, you know, 40, 50, 60 feet of water, uh, it's a good way to do it without having to, you know, paddle and move around continuously, get to an area and cast and reel it in, cast, reel it in. In and, and those
0: you know, areas place, like we were there nice in uh, the bottom. Uh, Cricket River there in Georgia for the boondoggle there, finding the little holes where, you know, the fish were hiding in those rivers as the water was re- moving in and out, that would have been pretty cool. So Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so very cool. Greg, you got anything else to add, man, on our small electronics packages and stuff?
4: Nuclear. Oh, we wondered
1: what that, that bit M was for. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I think uh, I, we did a real short um, teaser video. If you go to yakangler.com or the Yak Angler um, um, YouTube channel, you can see the video, the very brief video on the deeper smart fish finder and there'll be some more stuff coming out about that in the future. And we'll cover that here as well. Um, like you say, I think it's, I, I think it's a, an idea whose time has come, especially as more people are looking more to technology and are carrying stuff with them rather than installing something completely new, just something that's an add on to something you already have to give you a feature that you don't have. Um, It may have some legs, so so time will tell. I know Humminbird, I had one of those as well uh, for a short period of time. Unfortunately, somebody had it trailing over the back of uh, one of my boats one day and uh, cut it off somewhere in a prop, and it didn't bob as well as I thought it would. But uh, Mm. You know, the, the concept has been around for a while, but I think the implementation now and the technology that exists in people's pockets now make it a little bit more feasible. So we'll see what it does.
0: Yep, very cool, very cool.
2: I guess that was a tech talk without the intro there,
0: huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I'm a little rusty. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks here, so give me a chance to get back in the saddle, man. Thanks for pointing that out.
2: Um. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good Matt, to have friends. calling me out. Calling me out, man. Uh-uh. Someone asked you. Yeah. All right. Well, we're around the horn. Let's go and see uh, see what we've got going for the weekend. And yeah, my weekends have been I gotta tell you, man, you know, Chuck, you've got a couple of youngsters there and Sean yours is getting about yours getting up there at the age where you're carrying shotguns around. Greg, you're you're kind of there too, but I mean, kids are if they're toddlers or teenagers, man, they take up time. And the clone is just I mean, I don't know, I spend more time with him now than I have than I did when he was, you know, two years old. Just running in places. I'll be glad in January when he gets his driver's license. At least then I don't have to pick him up from school. But uh,
1: hey, speaking of speaking of shotguns, uh, while we're speaking of the clone, there huge congratulations <laughs> for him taking silver in that competition. That is amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: major congrats, and, major props.
0: I mean, he was. It was really. It was really fun to see him out there. I mean, it really boosts his confidence. He's been shooting since December of this past year he uh so he's got about just a little under eight months of uh shooting under his belt and he is really taken to it and it just seems like second nature to him and he is a machine now i mean the dude is he can bust clays he just he just fears the little gun a little bit so we got to get the 410 uh under control but uh he is uh he's busting caps left and right and i mean since december i have a i have one of those big uh like uh, pound and a half uh, folders coffee cans you know and that is almost full of primers from all the rounds that i've reloaded and, uh, uh so he has been putting he is putting uh shot in the air and uh yeah he was uh for for his class he's a class three shooter for the junior world champion and uh he took second place uh held up in the shoot off with five other shooters uh and uh held out And uh him and the last kid man they were they were knocking it out doubles on 3 4 and 5 and uh they get over to 5 and that kid missed missed one and Brad's like all I got to do is hit these two and of course he missed both of them so but uh second place is not bad for his first time in a junior world so thanks for the support and uh he's uh he's having a lot of fun so but I, I still need to go fishing. So, Chuck, man, tell us what's Joe. happening, man. What's fishing down there? You going fishing this weekend? You going to go fishing next Monday? I am going
3: to actually.
4: Yeah, no, I'm going to sneak out on Sunday morning before I have to go to work. Fishing down here has been absolutely incredible. Um, it's We're getting to that point in time where uh, we're going to start seeing the downward spiral, so to speak, from Snook and Tarpon. They're going to start to kind of slowly disappear from our region as the water temperatures should in the next I'd say end of this month, beginning of next month, start to really slowly cool off. Um, but right now, if you've, ever, if you've never caught a Grand Slam, you need to get your butt down here to the Space Coast because it's, it's commonplace right now. Um, Alex Gritch, we had a charter today with one of our Space Coast kayaking members and got him a, a Grand Slam pretty easily. Um, lots of tarp and lots and lots of tarp and lots of ground. Uh, redfish have been pretty abundant. You know what we've got right now in the river that's been kind of one of the most overlooked species that we've, we have here is the mangrove snappers. And they're literally right now on every single bridge up and down the intercoastal, and they're good keeper-sized fish. So uh, that's probably what I'm going to do Sunday morning, get up really early, go out, grab some shrimp, hit a bridge, and
0: <coughs>
4: pull up some uh, tasty mangrove snappers.
0: Those are fish tacos all day long, man.
4: Oh, man, they're they're, they're great eating fish, and they're great fun to catch, and uh, you never know what you're going to pull while you're doing that. I mean, every now and again, you bump a 40-inch redfish to, you know, dropping shrimp on a bridge pylon, so.
0: Yep, nice. How about you, Matt? What's happening in Jersey? Uh, definitely going to get as much fishing in
2: this weekend. It's starting to get chilly out there, so my time's limited. I mean, I go till October, but. Uh, the flounder are going to start moving out. That means all surf launching in the next couple weeks, and I don't look forward to that because it's just a lot more work.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> you got to paddle further.
2: <laughs> you got to come back without, yeah. you know, crashing.
0: <laughs> That's the big problem. And I saw that uh, Greg Crisp, another one of our New Englanders, up there. He was headed out for the Striper Shootout. That's this weekend, right?
2: Yes, it is. I'm missing that one again. I've actually never fished that tournament. I've always wanted to. So I just can't get the time from work to actually take five days and go up there.
0: All right. So cool. Well, good luck, man. And how about you, Sean? You going to get on the water this weekend? Would you guys? Is it? Is this weekend your uh, next uh, uh event?
1: Uh, no, next weekend. not this upcoming okay. weekend, but the following, the 23rd. So I'm getting out somewhere. I don't know if I'm getting on salt water or fresh water yet, but somewhere, somehow, some way, um, I'm definitely getting out. But I've, I've got uh, stuff going on with my daughter as well, uh, getting her ready for high school, starting high school this year, and then uh, I've got some more work to do on uh, preparing for next weekend's Howell event. So, but I'll find some time. I'm going to get out there and throw a few lines.
0: Awesome. And, uh, Matt, when's your next HAL event?
2: I believe it's uh, it's actually September 6th. We have a little bit of a lull here, but then we have four in a row uh, okay. every weekend,
0: so after that. All right, and I think uh, Chris Johnson down there in Picola, the Emerald Coast uh, chapter, I think he said they had, like, a family day planned, uh, kind of floating the river kind of thing, so... Uh, for those of you listen to the podcast, you listen to the show heroesonthewater.org. org. You can look up the local chapters, find out one that's near you, get in touch with them, volunteer if you if you if you got a hero, if you know of a hero, uh, get them hooked up, and uh, we want to support that. So it's a great endeavor. Chuck, uh, let's see. Matt is the uh, Plastic Hole right? That's uh, that's yep. Matt's gig, and. Uh, chuck is uh kayaks by bow and uh the kbb outfitters right chuck yes sir and chuck kicks off the week for kayak fishing radio network and uh with the redfish chuck show him and peppy and alan what do you got what do you got going this weekend what's going to happen on monday night man something interesting something cool something new
4: yeah well we're, we're hoping to uh to have another guest on um we had uh the guys from Boondocks on the radio, not what? Well, not last week, the week before. <laughs> Had Captain Alex Gurichke step in last week for Peppy. He was he's on vacation with the family. Um cool. so I'm hoping to get um we're hoping to have uh Jason from C Deck uh joining us on the show talking about their kayak kits and this, that and the other and maybe we'll convince him to give away a free custom kit to somebody listening. Nice. Um uh, Yeti stepped up as a sponsor. Uh, to help out with some prize packs from time to time. So we've been giving away some of those coveted, uh, Yeti Ramblers that are made by wizards and unicorn spirits and such. So,
0: yeah,
4: it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been fun. We've had a great time on the Monday night show and, uh, right, you know, we've gotten quite a bit more folks in the chat room lately than what we've been having. So, the probably the free prizes don't hurt so
0: yeah it doesn't hurt a bit but that's cool man and we appreciate those sponsors jumping in there and and hey it gets the product out to the people right and kayak fishing yeah. is one of the fastest growing sports if you look at i mean did you go to outdoor retailer
4: i didn't and i'm I'm really bummed that i didn't i had the opportunity to go my my business partners told me that i could go and I had taken off most of the week for ICAST, so I figured it wouldn't make sense for me to do that yeah. again for outdoor retailer. But hearing from them what they saw, uh, we're really, really, really excited about this year coming forward with the, all the new boats um, that are coming out. So we've, we're already starting to take pre-orders on the new Hobies and some of the <clears throat> the new natives and I mean, the new uh, tw- uh, was it a 10-foot Slayer um, and a couple of the other new boats. So we're really excited about that.
0: Very cool, and uh, we'll talk about it another time. But I saw the pictures of that 2015 Outback, and that looks like a pretty sexy boat.
4: Yeah, w- let me know whenever you're going to have that show, when you're going to talk about the new boats, and I'd love to to be involved in that. Uh, I got a chance to talk to some of the, the brass at yeti at, uh, at Yeti. <laughs> got cups on my yeah. mind. Uh, the brass at Hobie um, at length over dinner at ICAST and. Uh, there's, there's actually some other backstory stuff that I'd like to talk about too at some point, but yeah, cool. no, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a great seller for sure. Very cool. Very cool.
0: All right. So that's it for tonight. Uh, Thursday night, kayak fishing radio. We appreciate, uh, you listeners tune in again on Monday night, eight o'clock redfish Chuck. He kicks off the week. I see that, uh, we've got the low sodium show back in business. Uh, Mark Wheeler, The landing crew, he was doing his business last night, so we appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back here again next Thursday. Thanks, Sean, Chuck, Matt. Uh, Greg just kind of dropped out. I guess uh, his phone died. But we'll see you next week right here, same time, same place. Kayak Fishing Radio, take a kid fishing. We'll see you next time. Good night, Chris, man. Get on them fish. Good night, guys.